3: Now President Trump is lashing out. He has said he is fed up. And he says all of these allegations against him, including what may be an indictment, which would be the first one for a former president in American history, he's saying is all politically motivated. So I want to hear from you tonight on the Rita Cosby Show on this Friday night. Do you think that Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan D.A., will actually indict President Trump? And don't you think that this is politically motivated? As I'm hearing more and more about this case and talking to more and more legal experts and people who've dealt with cases involving whether it's campaign or whether it's uh, hush funds or whatever the case is, based on the fact that they've looked at the evidence we've seen so far, And again, this all stems back from the 2016 campaign. Why is Alvin Bragg doing it now? Is it because at CPAC, President Trump really did a very good speech? And in the latest polls, he's actually done much better than Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, by the way, today in Iowa, President Trump in Iowa, key state, of course, the first caucus state in the country. Trump is going to be there on Monday. So are all of these things why the Democrats are now going full charge after President Trump. I contend this is all about politics. This, so far from what we have seen, is really finding a person, and of course they hate Trump, and it's like, let's see what kind of crime or whatever we can come up with. Let's see what we can create. You've got something that normally most people wouldn't even go after, and it's coming from Alvin Bragg This is a district attorney in New York who, when somebody gets busted for something really serious, he basically reduces the felony to a misdemeanor and basically gives them a slap on the wrist and says, hey, see you later. I mean, talk about the repeat offenders and the revolving door in New York City because of this guy and other soft on crime DAs that are funded by George Soros across this country. And so here this guy suddenly finds a misdemeanor that he wants to bump up to a felony and maybe not even a misdemeanor. I mean, this seems like a guy who's just so intent on trying to make a name for himself and so intent on trying to go after president Trump, trying to basically create whatever he can. And what is he doing where he's allowing really bad people back on the street time and time again. And again, he went after Jose Alba. Remember that was the bodega guy, He charged him with second-degree murder, and then those charges finally got dropped. But this is a guy who has been notoriously soft on crime, and suddenly he can't wait to go after President Trump. He has devoted so much time and resources to this. This, to me, just is so transparent. What are your thoughts about it, everybody? And where do you see this headed? Do you think that President Trump will testify before the grand jury. That's what sort of triggered this, was this New York Times report that they requested, if he wanted to testify on his own behalf, obviously they see him as the target of this investigation, and they offered the opportunity for him to testify, and that's what created New York Times to basically get that leak and basically say that it looks like charges could be forthcoming, criminal charges, against former President Trump. I contend, doesn't this lack of uh, chutzpah Bragg, who is our DA in New York, who doesn't seem to have any gumption to go after criminals, doesn't he have something better to do with his time? I could show him I could bring him to the New York subways. I could bring him to some of the stores. I mean, there are so many attacks on innocent civilians in New York, and that doesn't seem to make his radar, and that doesn't seem to make him want to change his policies But now, suddenly, President Trump, wow, that is a big deal to him. Doesn't that just seem out of whack to you? It sure seems out of whack to me. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And here's a little bit of Trump responding to what he feels is over-the-top and politically charged persecution of him. Take a listen.
4: Our country has become the investigation capital of the world, Actually, that's all we do, and it's only good for our many enemies, our enemies that are laughing at us all over the world. They could not be happier as they brilliantly plot our demise and destruction. We have to get back to making America great again.
3: And he also responded on his Truth Social, of course, his social media, and he said, this is absolutely false. I did nothing wrong. He said it is a political witch hunt trying to take down the leading candidate by far in the Republican Party, while at the same time also leading all Democrats in the polls. And he also went further going after Alvin Bragg, too, as well, saying Bragg is racist and only cares about getting Trump. So what is your reaction to President Trump firing back And the fact that they had had meetings, apparently, the reports that he and his legal team today had meetings to discuss whether or not he should go before the grand jury. I think it is highly, highly doubtful that he should go. Is there anybody out there who actually thinks that he should actually go before this grand jury with Alvin Bragg, that President Trump would get a fair shake? Do you think so? I don't think so. I think it's a kangaroo court. It's just like the January 6th committee. And... I think anybody with any legal grain of salt would say, no, that is a trap if I've ever seen one. So the answer is no, no, and no. But is there anybody out there who thinks that maybe it would serve President Trump to go before Alvin Bragg and try to set the record stay straight? 1 800 848 9222, 1 800 848 9222. Two, two. Well, this all stems again, everybody, from the payment that was made to Stormy Daniels. Now, President Trump again contended tonight. He never had an affair with Stormy Daniels. They are saying that the money was listed as sort of a business expense, that it was improper listing of business expense. Then they're claiming it went through some campaign funds and that, or it was masqueraded as campaign funds. And that maybe now that becomes a federal issue, and they can somehow intermingle a misreporting of business expenses with a campaign and somehow create a felony. That's what this is basically all going back to. And of course, a lot of this goes to Michael Cohen, who today told reporters this.
5: I have to applaud. Um district attorney Bragg for giving Donald the opportunity to come in and to tell his story. Now knowing Donald as well as I do, understand that he doesn't tell the truth. It's one thing to turn around and to lie on your untruth social. It's another thing to turn around and lie before a grand jury. So I don't suspect that he's going to be coming.
3: And the liberal media today was having a field day. This broke, remember, right before our show last night. Um and it was wild when it happened. I was like, "Oh my gosh." Um But I'm not sure if they're going to get to an indictment. I wouldn't rule it out because I think Alvin Bragg is so intent on getting Trump. I think the Democratic Party is so consumed with anything that's Trump. I think they're so worried about Trump now that he's doing better in the polls. And again, I thought his speech at CPAC was very presidential. I thought it was in a great lane. If he can kind of stay there, I think that that's a good place for him. And the polls are showing that. But the liberal media is going crazy And take a listen to this guy, Glenn Kirshner. He was on MSNBC and he was like, oh, gosh, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope. Take a listen. The New York Times is saying that an indictment is close, but we've been saying close for
2: quite some time.
4: Yeah. How many times are we going to be fooled, Steph? But here's what I'll say. The last step in any grand jury investigation is typically inviting a defendant to testify. Now, we don't do that in all cases. We do it more frequently in white-collar cases, rarely in violent crime cases. And there's a reason that prosecutors don't subpoena the defendant. It's because, as the target of the investigation, he has a Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. So it would be a hollow exercise, because a subpoena is a court order, a compulsion order directing somebody to testify. Trump could simply plead the Fifth. But we often will invite somebody to testify before we ask the grand jury to vote out an indictment, because we give the target of the investigation the opportunity to explain why maybe the prosecutors have it wrong, he didn't do anything wrong, he didn't commit any crimes. So you know, 99 times out of 100, Steph, this is the last stop before an indictment. Of course, Trump has proven himself to be a one-in-100 kind of guy when it comes to avoiding accountability. So. I don't think anybody is counting the indictment chickens yet.
3: And Governor Kathy Hochul of New York also chimed in. Take a listen. The uh, district attorney must have the evidence necessary to be
2: pursuing this way he is. And I have confidence in his ability to bring Donald Trump to justice. This is, a, is occurring in so many courts and so many venues because basically he's been a, he was a corrupt president. And so I I encourage the uh, district attorney to pursue all means possible to bring this individual to justice once and for all.
3: Now, I'm just looking at the facts as I've seen it now. And again, I have talked to a number of legal experts in the last 24 hours, and I haven't heard a single one say this is a slam dunk. And if you are going after the former president of the United States and potentially future president of the United States, because he's the leading candidate now, Give me a break. You better have your ducks in order. You better not just have an okay case. You better have a lock solid case. Why are you throwing darts and just trying to do anything for President Trump? And why the timing now? Why did they suddenly come up with something that is tied to 2016? And why do they feel suddenly in need? Is it because Trump is the leading candidate right now in the polls? Is it because maybe he gave a good speech at at, uh, you know, CPAC and some of the other things he's done of late. And they're like, oh, oh, maybe we didn't knock him out yet. Let's see what else we can do. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry, line one. Larry, your thoughts about this?
6: I can't believe how Kathy Hochul just, uh, you know, by rote, just rolls off our tongue that, that Trump was a corrupt president when she's building this uh this, this dome in Buffalo, and because her husband has, has a stake in it. She just says he's a corrupt. She can't point to one thing corrupt. And this is a woman who likes to change her pantyhose on the interstate. Go figure that. Anyway, but you see, the point is, I believe- Wait, does that she change her pantyhose on political. the interstate?
3: That's a new one, Larry. Is there some story of her that I missed out there? <laughs> yeah,
6: yeah she, she claims she likes to change her clothes in the car. So I imagine that's what she does when she's on the highway.
3: Well that's a new one. All right, that's a new one. I I'll, I'll take your word for it. Hopefully it's hopefully it's a U-Haul, you know. I don't think you want to like I don't think any woman or any guy should be changing. Hopefully it's not one of those with the big windows. I don't think anybody wants to see anybody undress. Uh even you know, anyway, Larry, so back to this. What do you make of the fact that what's interesting is the comment that she made is like, Trump is corrupt, so this has got to be bad. It's like, I hate him. He's a horrible person, so let's uh, give him the death penalty, basically. You know, that seems to be the attitude, as you're suggesting, um, that we're hearing from many of the Democrats. And I think her statement epitomizes it. I think you're spot on on that.
6: And I I think Greg is doing that, too. You see, this is more than just political. I believe this is black politicians converging against uh, a white man, because I'll tell you why I say that. Because at first, when Bragg first came in, he alienated two of his ADAs. They walked off because he didn't want to have it. It nothing to do with that. Um, with, with that, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the loan that Trump saw, uh, the, the business law dealings that Trump was being investigated for. He didn't want to have nothing to deal with, do with that because he would have been suspected. Because Letitia James said she's out to get Trump. He, well, he didn't want to seem like he was allying with her. Like, like we're going to get Whitey now. You know what I'm saying? But now that time has gone by. Okay, and Letitia James has all this time to put pressure on him and he's running all the black politicians are converging together. You see how they're loyal to one another. Although,
3: Larry, although let me interrupt you on that, Larry, because we just played Kathy Hochul's comment. It seems to be more of a Democrat uh, versus Republican or at least uh, those who don't like Trump even some of the GOP, uh, but those who don't like Trump against Trump. To me, I don't sort of see the race issue. What I do see, though, is a very soft on crime uh, DA who, I mean, you know, it's astounding, Larry. I mean, I can't think of one case uh, recently where I've gone, boy, uh, Bragg is spot on in terms of being tough on these repeat offenders. And I'm just talking about criminals in general. And yet, for some reason, He's like, he seems to be like upping the ante on, on Trump and creating something where he's like, so, so like, if you rob a bank or you beat up a bodega worker, no problem. But, you know, if there's a payment, uh, that he sees as questionable, we're going to re- we're going to lock you up for the rest of your life. I mean, uh, the double standard is just, it is the irony is so blaring real quick, Larry
6: well, uh, this is not like building a Sunday. Charging somebody with a felony is not going into an ice cream store and building a Sunday. Okay, that's what they, that's what they've been doing. They've been trying to piece together, like you, like you very astutely said, and and create a crime. That's not what the, that's not what criminal law is all about, and it's not for the betterment of society. And Geraldo Rivero could not drag that out of his mouth in his twenty-minute commentary on Brian Kilmeade. He couldn't say. He says, "Oh, it's small ball. It's uh, it's it's it, it minor league ball baseball." He couldn't say this is corruption and not for the betterment of society. And that's what our DAs are elected for.
3: One thousand percent. And Lair also, justice should be blind. Justice should be fair. Just because you don't like somebody, because clearly Bragg doesn't like Trump, that's not the reason to create a crime or amp up a crime. And find the person and then say, God, if I can find something, that's not the way America works. America should be fair to everybody. And that includes especially the former president and potential future president of the United States. one 800 And we'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break.
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
3: You are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. President Trump firing back now that it looks like Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, who doesn't do anything to criminals who rob banks and everything else, basically. They get away with it. But if you're Donald Trump, if your last name's Trump, he'll try to throw the book at you. And earlier today on Cats and Cosby, the show that I host on WABC with the great John Katzenmatidis, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays, well, Doug Burns, former federal prosecutor, had this to say about the case. He basically said it is a stretch. Just looking at the facts that Alvin Bragg has, this former federal prosecutor says, uh, ah, this doesn't look like a case.
7: This
5: is not the type of case um, to be putting big prosecutorial resources on, particularly with what's been going on uh, in the criminal landscape in New York City. Uh, so to your question, I mean, why in the world would they be doing this? And I think the answer announces itself, obviously. It really is very, very political.
3: It sure looks very, very political. Uh, let's go to Tony, line three. Tony, your thoughts.
5: Hey, Rita. Hey, Tony, me, what do you think? To start off by saying, so I'm not a fan of Alvin Bragg, but if Alvin Bragg really does some have incriminating uh, stuff on whether it's Trump, you— your last caller, it's his job to bring that uh, forward and act on it.
3: By the way, by the way, Tony, means- absolutely. The question is, it doesn't look that way. I say look that way because who knows, but doesn't look that way. And also, it sure looks like he's going after Trump. I mean, you know, come on. He doesn't go, he goes so soft on criminals that do harden criminals that are repeat offenders, and yet he's spending his time and effort on this, even if... Even if there's even a little more than what we're seeing, it doesn't look it looks politically driven. Come on, Tony.
0: Rita, one thing,
5: but all we need once Biden is out of office, you need somebody with the political ambition that Alvin Bragg has. But on the other side, that's going to go after Biden. And when they do that, they're going to have a very good case because nobody's as dirty as Biden.
3: Well, let me say this, Tony, that I believe there's a lot to be investigated, especially when it comes to, like, Hunter Biden. There's a lot of questions there. And, you know, why is he not? I mean, so far, there's been that investigation of him that's dragged on for years over minor offenses. But I also still think, Tony, whoever it is, whether Republican, Democrat, everybody needs to be treated fairly. I don't think you should go after somebody just because you don't like them politically. Um, And it sure looks like that's the case Clearly with Trump right now, this to me looks so motivated. It looks like Alvin Bragg, who loves a thug, but goes after Trump. We're going to keep your calls after the break.
1: It's the Rita Cosby show. The Rita Cosby show presents back the blue.
3: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, where we honor our great law enforcement and their families, a beautiful story coming from Wisconsin, where four police officers helped save a man's life after a structure fire at an assisted living facility. The officers were recognized and awarded with a letter of commendation at a city council meeting this week. Now, the officers were responding to that living facility where there was a big fire And when they got there, there was a room that was filled with smoke, so they couldn't see that the gentleman was there at first. But after spraying with a fire extinguisher, they saw a person in the room on the bed, and the only way that they could get in there was to go down on their hands and knees, and they pulled the gentleman out. There is no doubt that if they didn't do that, he would not be here today. And in the commendation where they were recognized this week, They were heralded for putting their lives on the line to save somebody else. And one of the folks there said they think this is the highest calling by far you could have. Also, one of their co-workers on the police department said, quote, courage is you are afraid to do something and you still do it. And I am so deeply proud to call these guys my colleagues. Bravo to the great officers there in Wisconsin. And, of course, all our great men and women in blue. Well, we are talking, of course, about President Trump and the fact that he could face criminal charges in New York over the payment to Stormy Daniels. And in the middle of all this, Trump is saying this is clearly a vindictive, you know, political move. It's basically retribution because they just don't like Trump. It's like they don't like Trump. They have Trump-itis. It's like orange man bad and let's try to find a crime. And you could bet, look all the stuff with Hunter Biden. We were just talking about that. One of you guys called in and mentioned Hunter Biden. Look at all the stuff with Hunter Biden. And yet, today he's only being looked in for some minor tax stuff. And that hasn't even, even advanced. You know, I know that you know finally the House is looking into some of the payments, but that's millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. And now here we have Trump on something that at best is barely even a misdemeanor. I mean, boy, are there so many questions about this. And it's so obvious that this is a stretch of a case from Manhattan D.A. Alvin Bragg that even Maggie Haberman, she is a New York Times reporter. And it was the New York Times, by the way, that broke this story last night. And here is Maggie Haberman, New York Times reporter on Anderson Cooper, saying, yeah, this is a reach. This is a stretch.
8: Take a listen.
1: Does it affect his campaign at all?
8: So we don't we're entering uncharted territory here. I mean, I think it's important to note about this case. As Kara said, this is a misdemeanor that they're trying to push up to a felony. It's a it's a which is a
9: really kind of
8: exotic. exotic exotic case. And and a judge could decide, no, we're going to knock it back to a misdemeanor. Uh, That is that is difficult for a prosecutor when it's a former president. I understand, uh, you know, justice is supposed to be equal, uh, you know, for all. But, you, you know, people take into consideration factors like this. I think we could see a rallying effect from his supporters. It could be that more people are turned off by this. I just don't think we know. We know how he will use it, which is that he will say he's being attacked and victimized. And we have seen that over and over again. We're going to continue to.
3: Oh, yeah. He's going to be emboldened on this. And I think a lot of other people will rally around him, like she said. And also, if you have a former president and, again, a current presidential candidate you better have your ducks in order. And just like she said, you—it it is a very high bar. Maggie Haberman just said it is a huge bar. And this case looks very, very murky, extremely murky. It looks like it is all just political vendetta against Trump. And here is Maggie Haberman saying that it's going to be hard for a jury to basically convict him, too, if it ever got to that. Take a
8: listen putting aside issues of of Michael Cohen specifically or the, the, you know, perspective thinness of the case, take it all together. It it requires 12 people, and it just takes one person to have reasonable doubt. And even in in pretty, you know, progressive Manhattan, I think probably a defense lawyer could find one person, and that's a risk here.
3: I think they could find 12, and they would go, Alvin Bragg, what the heck are you doing here? one 800 848 nine two 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 let's go to sunny line eight sunny your thoughts about this
7: yeah how you doing rita thanks for taking my call oh uh, yeah i i believe that uh, alvin bragg should be removed here. he his very poor judgment this is clearly a political stunt uh it's it's a stunt with uh this uh tremendous hate that he has for trump it's 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 a witch hunt and you and you know i what i really like to see is uh i like to see the fraternal order police gather around they have thousands of them in New York City they love america they love new york and 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 they and they're patriots you know so it's about time you know they get out there you know and just uh they should protest and and there's thousands of them in New York uh, I'm going to get back on track with them and I'm going to try to motivate them and that's what they need here they need true americans it's this is political as we can see and you know what he should be removed the guy's a mental midget you know, he needs a lobotomy and he shouldn't be there. He's he's he, it's just a danger to be in that position. Well, I've and it, and
3: you know, what's interesting, Sonny. You're a retired court officer, right? Is that correct? I am. You know, yeah. it, let me just ask you from cases that you saw over and over, over again. Would you ever see a case like this, especially with the bar of it being a former president? And I know you you probably know this. If he were to be criminally charged, President Trump, and it looks like it's headed that way with this Alvin Bragg guy. Um, and I agree with you. He has a couple of rocks in his head, clearly. Um, but if it were to go that this would be the first president in American history, the first former president to be criminally charged. So you better have a really great case. And so far, even liberals are going, where is it? You know, I mean, doesn't this seem like an unusual case to be presenting?
7: Extremely. you Yeah. You have to have an airtight case. And as they say in, in the business, you, you know, like you're going to indict a ham sandwich, you know. And so it's not going to go very far. It, it's just a stunt. He's he's window dressing and uh, he's trying to do something for his, for his career. But this guy's going to go down. Alvin Brigg, I think everybody has enough of him. And he uh, we, we has to be replaced, really. Yeah, the guys, just I agree. He's just a jerk.
3: Yeah. You know, the problem is it, it comes down to voters. I mean, right now his priorities seem so out of whack and just not safe for New York. I mean, separate even than the Trump stuff, Sonny, you look at all the stuff that's been going on in new york city all the major crimes and the way that he has gone soft on criminals and that alone i think is just dangerous for a city a great city like new york and uh, you know community everybody deserves to be safe and i think um having a da who is afraid to go after recidivists violent recidivists Uh, That is a huge problem for any city. And we're seeing that uh, separate than even the Trump case. And then now it's like, oh, but he has time to go after Trump for something in 2016. It's like, uh, okay, if uh, Trump crossed the street and it was, uh, you know, during uh, the wrong light, he jaywalked, he'd find it. It's like, oh, I got to go after that. But don't worry about the bank robber. That's okay. I mean, boy, are things out of whack. Sonny, thank you. Uh, Let's go to Stan. Line four. Stan, your thoughts.
7: You know. I seem to be more interested. I'm still trying to figure out what Stormy Daniels saw in the orange hemorrhoid. I don't.
3: I oh my don't, God, Stan! I knew I'm you'd come up with out, something.
7: I'm still trying to figure out what the hell was that all about, anyway. You know, I I'm not thrilled with the case at all. But what the hell was going on there? I mean, what was what was she seeing? In what, wait, wait,
3: wait! You don't. You have, all right? So for all for all the aesthetics, he's a very even at that point. He was a presidential candidate, but he was a very successful businessman prior to that, well known, um and and a guy about town, you know, and, and certainly a character, certainly a lot of fun too. I mean, you know, Stan, come on.
9: <laughs> I'm laughing at
7: what you say and you are a good public relations. Person. No, but but it's true. It's true. <laughs> well, I mean everybody knows yeah,
3: so, well, so all right, but let's get to the, let's get to the the heart of it all. Let me just ask you, Stan, if you were on the jury, all right? and and you know you say some things that a lot of us kind of go what but but let me just ask you if you were on the jury would you really based on what you've seen so far in the last 24 hours if this is it you know i i would go back and deliberate for maybe 5 minutes or 10 minutes have maybe a sandwich talk to the crowd and then say okay it's time to call it a day you know i mean i mean would you honestly uh think that this is where the manhattan da who is soft on criminals should be spending his time. Come on,
7: I, I'm I'm trying to figure out why he's bringing it up anyway. My guess is unless he must again, does he have something we don't know about? I mean, otherwise he he would look like a fool. I mean, but does he? He must have something more that he's not talking about. Otherwise. He will look like a scrambled egg on his face and so forth.
3: Well, I, by the way, Stan, I agree with you on that. I think it's going to be scrambled eggs. I think it'll be an omelet. I think it'll be quiche. I think all of that's going to end up on him. Because even if, say it's what we see, and say he's got, you know, stuff to back up, even like these allegations, this is not where he should be spending his time. And it clearly looks like a political persecution. And that that's not fair. My point is everybody needs to be treated fairly no matter whether you have a Republican, Democrat, independent before your name, that is the most important thing by, by far. Let's go to Melvin, line seven. Melvin, your thoughts about this?
8: Chickens
6: had came home to roost when Mr. Trump took out that ad against the Central Park on so forth, crying for death penalty, based on allegations and so forth. That was putting Hang on, Melvin, Melvin,
3: the- Melvin, please, just so we can stay focused on this. Uh, let me just ask you. Um, do you think it's fair based on what I just talked about, how I feel like Alvin Bragg has gone sadly soft on criminals and yet he's spending his time on Trump? Honestly, yes or no?
6: It's open to interpretation. Do them? She come. I the report here, the law of the land, what they were cast by three-fifths of a person. And you want to talk about law of the land? Let's deal with it, how it's written in blood. What was the war, Melvin,
3: I can't, I can't hear you, Melvin. I can't hear you, unfortunately, but call back again. Uh, I hear that you think that that there should be a case i just feel like everybody should be treated fairly that's where i'm coming from melvin that's that's all that i think is important is that everybody is treated fairly that's the most important part let's go to bj bj line one
5: happy friday rita thank you hear your voice listen i want to thank alvin bragg in advance for re-electing donald trump because he has no case And he's not smart enough to bring a case against all of the people that have terrorized the citizens of New York who ride the subways and who pay the taxes that ultimately pay his salary. And I hope this is a bit protracted, because it has activated the base. The people that support Donald Trump are sick of this, and they will come out in droves to make certain that he is the 47th president of the United States. They've had it. They've had, the, they've had the wokeness up to the back of their teeth. As many people could leave have left, and those that can't leave are stuck here. So they're going to they're gonna make certain that Donald Trump gets in. He will be the 47th president, and we will have Alvin Bragg to thank.
3: Well, you know what? I think it is going to backfire. I think you're correct in the sense that people are going to go, what, are you kidding me? And, and then you juxtapose it with all the stuff. Uh, with biden we brought up even the hunter biden stuff you know you juxtapose it with what's happening or what isn't happening with hunter biden and because of all of those reasons you kind of go well wait this just doesn't make sense and again everything needs to be fair people need to be treated appropriately that is the bottom line and i agree with you i think it emboldens president trump and he's just going to use it to say look look i am being politically persecuted A- and if i were him I would say exactly what I just said, that the facts are this DA has gone so soft on criminals. I mean, all these people that have been arrested, they've had these rap sheets that are like a mile long. And a lot of them get out or he goes after the bodega guy and not the woman, remember, who was with the guy who attacked him. I mean, there were so many questions here as the way that he has handled things that, you know, it's like it's just shocking that he would spend his time. And something that isn't helping the community of New York, because his policies aren't. I mean, that—that that is the bottom line. BJ, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Anastasia, line three. Anastasia, your thoughts about this?
6: Good evening, Rita. <laughs> it seems always when I try to call you, someone is like reading my mind. Yes, I do believe a hundred percent that Trump will be our forty seventh president because. It is obvious it's all political, and they should look what's going on on their side because, believe me, there's plenty that Trump will bring out for them as he comes into office. May Lord help them. May the Lord help them.
3: Well, one of the things he said to Anastasia in the middle of it all, uh, remember at that CPAC speech, he recently said, I am your retribution. A lot of people went, whoa. Uh, But he said, listen, you bring me back, basically, all the things you have seen over the last couple of years. He wasn't even talking about himself. He was talking about other people being, you know, uh, whether it's social media or censoring or whatever. I'm basically your retribution, guys. Uh, And you can bet um, that uh, he'll find some way to go after Alvin Bragg. And by the way, if there's anything in Alvin Bragg's background right now, you can bet – uh donald trump is looking for it if there's anything out there uh, first of all just his public record is just uh, so questionable and so dangerous for new york uh but boy uh has he opened a cauldron here real quick let's go to rick line one rick your thoughts
10: hey Rita, thanks for taking my call this is clearly a george soros hit job and we need to figure out how to take out george soros he shouldn't be involved in our
11: politics
3: well, and he has played such a huge role with so many of these soft-on-crime DAs. You you hit a very powerful point. He spent a million bucks on Alvin Bragg. He spent a million bucks uh, so Alvin Bragg would get in, plus George Gascon. Also, the soft-on-crime guy in San Francisco, who luckily got the boot, Chesa Boudin. Also, Larry Krasner in Philly. We're seeing a pattern here. They all have that same sort of soft-on-criminal approach that somehow George Soros likes but that I think is so dangerous for American cities. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. And also right after the break, a quick visit with our good friend, Bill McCuddy, great entertainment reporter with a preview. It's Friday night. So let's do a neat preview of what's ahead on the Oscars. Bill McCuddy coming up after the break.
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
3: And hooray for Hollywood. It's going to be the Oscars on Sunday night. And the big question is, will it be anything like last year's? Boy, was there a lot of drama. Who could forget this with Chris Rock and Will Smith? Take a listen.
6: Oh, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me my the- out wow dude
3: was a- wow, so what are the big hits and misses this year? Well, let's go to one of the great entertainment reporters out there, Bill McCuddy. By the way, he went to his first Oscars in 1997 when Titanic won. Wow, that was an awesome film. Fifty-five million people watched that one, and Bill has reported everywhere from the red carpet for 12 years for Fox News. Did an amazing job, and these days he's on PBS and NPR with regular shows and If he's not busy enough, he's got three podcasts, too, one of which deals with just the movies. He's also a regular on the industry, uh, basically talking on GlobalDerby.com, regular contributor there, uh, always profiled everywhere, and one of the great entertainment gurus out there. And, Bill... Uh, Any drama this year? And and do you think there'll be 55 million people watching this year?
9: Well, no. What I do think is that we'll have, we had about 15 million people watching last year because something called CODA won that no one saw. And when I mention it now, no one remembers. They just remember the drama that we just uh, listened to with Will Smith and Chris Rock. Chris Rock got to answer that last weekend on Netflix. And I think Jimmy Kimmel will maybe have one early joke, uh, and I think lots of people will watch. I think we'll have a, a boost to maybe the 20 million dollar vicinity, and one of those reasons is because we have a, we have four of 10 uh, nominated films that are blockbusters, legitimate blockbusters. So. Uh, When people have a horse in the race, they like to tune in and watch.
3: Now, uh, talk about uh, what you think might get best picture. I've only seen a few of the movies. Um, I I loved Maverick, by the way. Is Elvis in there, I hope, in a couple places?
9: Elvis is. And uh, if there's going to be a surprise, it's going to be Austin Butler as best actor upsetting uh, uh, Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Uh, So that is possible, Uh, and I would love for Maverick to win. Maverick's the movie that brought us back to the uh, theaters, and it's made $2 billion. But uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, the Hot Dog Hands movie, which I don't love, uh, uh, but I do acknowledge has made $107 million, is also a legitimate contender, and that looks to be the movie to beat on Sunday night.
3: Now, what about Best Actor, Best Actress?
9: Okay, best actor, as we just said a second ago, is probably going to be for the whale, Brendan. Uh, but best actress is we've got another horse race because it's basically uh, between Cate Blanchett, who already has two, and stood up at the broadcast film critics and, where I'm a voter and also the Golden Globes and said, uh, why don't we give it to somebody else? I like Michelle Yeoh. I like Andrea Riseborough." Um, And so I think there's a real chance that Michelle Yeoh, who is beloved and has campaigned uh, very effectively this year, uh, will win also for everything, everywhere, all at once.
3: Bill, that is really interesting. I didn't realize that Kate Blanchett stood up and said, give it to somebody else. Uh, Yeah, she's basically said,
9: why do we do this? Why do we have awards? But she didn't say exactly those words, but she basically said, she was pleased to be nominated, but she's got a pair already, and maybe she doesn't need uh, a third one. Can't so, she give one to uh, me or you? While love her in tar, I'm not sure that that's going to be the one everyone checks.
3: Bill, what about giving one to me or you if she has too many, right?
9: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Who would we thank?
3: Exactly. I thank Bill McCuddy. I'll well, could...
9: no, thank you. So that'll be it. <laughs> No one will watch that show. Exactly.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What about the future of the Oscars, too? Where is it headed? Because there's also been a little bit of, you know, I guess the woke politics we've heard about, like maybe they might get rid of some of the different categories. Um, Where is the future? Yeah,
9: I mean, it's very it's very likely that by next year, they'll have decided that it won't be a best actor and actress, but it'll just be uh, best actors. And that'll include, uh, as someone pointed out, than two women and ten men, and that will be even more unbalanced. So uh, to answer your question, I think in ten years it's going to be a cable television show or a streamed show. We'll know, we'll, I, I predict it won't be on ABC uh, network uh, because the numbers are just going to continue to diminish unless big, big movies are the leaders and people want to know uh, whether, whether their movie is going to win
3: absolutely well i thought maverick just as you said was spectacular i agree with you on that um it'll be interesting to see if there's any surprises um and if they take Kate blanchett's advice and give it to somebody else that's wild um but there were so many great films and i always tune it it's always fun to see and uh, i love hollywood and i love you bill mccuddy so it's so Thanks, great Rita. to have All you here YouTube my friend
2: sunday
9: night what's that We'll all be two Sunday night. We
3: will be with Popcorn and cheering Maverick on and some of the other great films. A lot of good ones this year. Bill McCuddy, thank you. We love you. Thanks for being here, Bill.
1: Thanks, Rudolph.
3: Thank you very much. And everybody, make sure you tune in to the Oscars on Sunday. It will be good. There are some great, great films. And we're going to continue taking your calls. We're going to talk a lot more after the break.
2: Uno. He's your numero Uno. It's the Rita Cosby Show.
1: I know your name is Rita, your sweet,
3: Since when I saw you down on the floor. Guitar, And sadly, there are a lot of problems going on in the world, everybody. And you look at China, you look at Mexico. And by the way, blockbuster comment uh, that came from former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. He was on with me and the great John Katsimatidis on Katzen-Cosby at 5 o'clock earlier today on WABC. Um, And by the way, you can always listen to it on WABCradio.com. And listen to what Secretary, the former Secretary Mike Pompeo, had to say to us about basically seeing the intel on the origins of covid and he said he has no doubt no doubt he is 100 percent certain that it was a lab leak in terms of the origins of covid and this is not just somebody saying hey it's my opinion he's a former secretary of state he's a former cia director and he said he saw the intelligence and there is no gray this was a blockbuster take a listen
7: rita i don't know that we'll ever see any more evidence but we don't need to This virus came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It was accidentally released from there. Uh, I I, I know that to be true. Uh, I hope they'll release all the data that they have, all the evidence. I think everybody will see that 100% of the evidence points to exactly that.
3: And guess where also China comes into play, not just with COVID, but bringing some of the chemicals to Mexico that they mix when they are creating fentanyl. So like all roads lead to China. And one of the things that we just heard in the last few hours, another stunner. This is coming from the Mexican president. The Mexican president basically said, "Blank, you, U.S., fentanyl is your problem. This was a stunning statement from the president of Mexico. Of course, this comes after the death of those South Carolina residents who were killed and tortured. It's horrible. And they went over just across the border there from Brownsville And the president of Mexico, good old President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, gracias, he basically said that we don't produce and we don't consume any fentanyl. Why don't the United States take care of their problem of social decay? Wow. Like not even taking one shred of responsibility. However, you're going to fix the problem, especially with these massive cartels If this guy doesn't even admit there's a problem. And this is the response from Congressman Dan Crenshaw talking about the Mexican president, Obrador, and his comments a few hours ago. Uh,
4: He seems to be representing the cartels. He seems to have interest in mind. I mean, the Mexican people want to be rid of the cartels. The Mexican people have been terrorized by the cartels for 20 years at this point. You just you just named a bunch of statistics. I mean, 60, 80, 100,000 people disappeared. Uh, the cartels use terrorist tactics against their own people. They 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 have open warfare on the streets of Mexico. They're some of the most well-armed, most well-funded paramilitary groups in the world. You think the Mexican people just want them around? Of course not.
3: Right. The Mexican people want peace, and America certainly deserves peace. So you've got some big issues going on there. And then couple that with New York City now is planning to provide... Free college to community college in upstate New York to migrants. They're going to test it out with about 100 migrants and maybe expand the program. Taxpayers expense $1.2 million for the first year. What do you think of the fact that taxpayer dollars are going toward migrant education? Illegal migrants getting free education. Boy, I would have loved a free education. I had a student loan, and I had to pay it off. And I can think of many other people who would have loved free education. Here is Mayor Eric Adams' thoughts about how to treat those who are coming to New York City.
1: Our goal is to help them to become self-sufficient as soon as possible. That is the number one goal we have, to allow these asylum seekers to become self, self-sufficient. We will continue to work clear, closely with our local partners, faith based organizations, and community organizations to provide options uh, for our asylum seekers. I really want to thank Pastor uh, Gilford Morose and his team on uh, what they're doing with other faith based leaders and institutions that have played a significant role in dealing uh, with the asylum seekers' need. We're going to move towards long term housing and resettlement, including resettlement to pre vetted. Uh, cities and municipalities that welcome asylum seekers. So with all of this, is this where you want
3: taxpayer money going to now the next level of college for those illegal migrants who have come to New York City? So many problems going on, and we haven't even touched on crime, which is skyrocketing in so many different categories, and certainly the perception of crime that people just do not feel safe in many major cities around this country. So what is Alvin Bragg doing in the middle of all this? Uh, Alvin Bragg is the DA of Manhattan, and he's not dealing with any of the crime issues. He's not even looking at the migrant issue. Uh, He's not looking at a lot of problems, but he is spending his time on Donald Trump and looking like he wants him to come before his grand jury, where he's investigating Donald Trump over Stormy Daniels. So now in the last few minutes, uh, the Trump team is basically saying still no decision yet on whether or not President Trump himself will testify before Alvin Bragg's committee, his grand jury, I should say. Is there anybody out there who thinks he should? And what do you make of the fact that this D.A. just seems so intent on going after Trump when there are a lot of problems out there, not just in New York City, but around the world? And he is having Trumpitis, clearly. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Let's go to John, line eight. John, your thoughts about this?
10: Hello, Rita. How are you doing tonight?
3: I'm doing great. What do you think? What do you make of where Trump is headed?
10: Well, I'm going to tell you right now. The guy has millions of dollars. He paid that, he paid Daniels. Stormy Daniels, $135,000. That's a spit in the bucket for this guy. He didn't even take his salary when he was president of the United States. He went and gave it to different things that he wanted to take care of. What did Joe Biden do? He takes his salary, doesn't he? He takes it and. So, what's your point,
3: John? What's your point of where this is going?
10: My point is, though, the guy that's up there in New York City. He's after him the the same way everybody's after Trump. The reason why is because Trump is not a political person. He is a businessman. He has no ties to nobody whatsoever. He doesn't want no money from nobody. He has money. He wants to straighten his country out the way it should be straightened out. And the whole problem is when he went in office first, he had no idea of what was going on with the political stuff down in Washington. He should have went in there and fired everybody, going down with the FBI, the the Department of Justice, the whole thing. He should have got rid of all the people that are involved with the higher, higher, not the guys that are on the ground. No,
3: by the way, I was just just about to say, and I'm glad you clarified that, John, because there are so many still great folks in the FBI and DOJ that are trying to do the right thing. Uh, But you're right. There seems to be a lot of politics at the top of the chain. And uh, and even Trump, by the way, when he did a CPAC speech recently, he said in the CPAC speech, uh, you know, now I know now I know sort of uh, to clean house when I go back. I didn't know it. I wasn't experienced. I have more experienced and I'm going to look for it, which is exactly why they don't want to put them there, because they want to some of these people want to keep their uh, their jobs, no matter how lousy of a job they're doing. Uh, great points, John. Thank you very much. Let's go to Charlie. Line two. Charlie, your thoughts.
11: Hi, Rita. Uh, Good evening. Your last caller last night was a cop who talked about the unsolved murders in 1980 and the 1990s up in Harlem and Washington Heights. There's no statute of limitations on unsolved murders. I think Trump's lawyers, and maybe you could reach out to them, should reach out to those surviving family members. And I'm sure there's support groups. You could Google them in Manhattan or wherever. And have them at a news conference and tell brag. that's what you should be concentrating on. And if you don't, we're going to recall you. Okay, and thanks, Rita, for everything you do.
3: Great points, by the way. I mean, he should focus on that. Uh, even, you know, even uh, 10 minutes a day, I think he'd do a better job on straightening up crime in New York City. Obviously, some of those unsolved ones, those families certainly deserve justice and deserve answers. But that would be brilliant. And also to have... Even some of the current cases that seem to just get pushed aside and the victims that seem to get basically diminished by this DA who seems, again, intent on getting Trump. It's like Trump, 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 Uh, and yet serious crimes. I mean, I think about a lot of these people that have been arrested of late. You see it over and over and over again that they get out easy or they got a slap on the wrist. This process, this needs to stop these young thugs and others who keep repeating crimes need to get punished and for some reason they're overlooked by this da's office and boy trump sure isn't wow uh and this certainly looks like a fabrication of a crime or certainly a stretch i mean this just looks like politics and it reeks let's go to michael line one michael your thoughts
2: hey rita rita good evening good evening
3: how you doing what do you think should happen now and do you think this is a stretch like i've been saying about the case with trump
6: Well, you got to understand that Alvin Bragg is chasing a very, very aggressive political agenda for itself. You know what I mean? This is not the last stop for him. He's trying to move up.
3: You know, Michael, you hit it on the head. That's what I agree with you. I think that that's what this is about. It's political ambitions. I think there are other people whispering in his ear to do it, too. I don't think he's doing it unilaterally. Uh, But It could also backfire, and boy, this could really tank on him too. Uh, That's the thing. You know it, uh, because if it goes to a jury and the jury goes, what? Or if it doesn't even get to that point and they really show themselves for having a thin hand, which is what it looks like right now, that ain't going to be pretty for Alvin Bragg, guys. That is not going to be good for him. And everybody, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the border too as well. A big issue, obviously, for President Trump— He did a great job, I thought, at securing the border, starting that border wall. Of course, Biden has kept the border wide open. And today, the president of Mexico basically laughed at Biden's face and said, we don't have any problem really with fentanyl. It's your problem. So do you have any faith that our president is going to do anything to change the dynamics, especially after that horrible horrible murder of americans there it was just gut-wrenching to hear what happened to those americans and our president so far still hasn't made a statement on it that to me is outrageous we're going to talk about that and a lot more after the break 1-800-848-9222
1: it's the rita cosby show i want to know-
3: Unfortunately, fentanyl is a deadly drug and it's making people beyond sick. It's taking 100,000 lives a year in America. And now we're hearing the Mexican president, I can't believe this, basically saying, too bad, America. Today, he actually had the audacity to say this. And I'm not surprised because our president, I think, has been so weak on the border And he said, uh, here we do not produce fentanyl. We do not have consumption of fentanyl. Why don't they, the United States, take care of their problem of social decay? So it is our fault that the cartels are ruling Mexico. What a preposterous statement. Yes, we are having demand uh, for drugs, But that is an outrageous statement, like it is all our fault, and he is doing nothing to rein in the cartels. Meantime, also, by the way, New York City considering giving free college to illegal migrants. You heard it right. Illegal migrants potentially getting free college at an upstate college for at least a few semesters. I would have loved that. I'm sure many of you out there would love it, or you or your kids. I mean, are you kidding me? And this is what Jason Chaffetz, the former congressman, had to say to New York
4: taxpayers. You're a sucker if you live in New York and actually pay your taxes as a United States citizen. I mean, why should you why should I have to or anybody else have to pay for somebody else who came here illegally? They're not even in this country. We're not talking about green card holders. We're talking about people that are here illegally. We're going to subsidize their housing. Why do you think there are so many people, a magnet, you know, that term a magnet? Why do you think so many people are coming to a place like New York City? Because they're giving away everything. Have a phone, have, you know, housing. Hey, free education. You know, we're going to pay. You're a sucker if you actually
3: 4.2. Yeah, really, really scary. She was talking about 4.2 billion is basically what they anticipate the price tag being. And the cost for migrants in New York City is 5 to $10 million. That's an M, million dollars a day. That is a stunning number. And now, on top of free food, nice four- or five-star hotel, uh, you know, what else? Cell phone. Now you're going to give them free college, potentially. one 800 let us go to Norm, Line 7. Norm, your thoughts about this?
6: Yes, my thoughts are yes, Rita. We have to bolster up the border. We have to return the illegal aliens back to their countries of origin, unless they've got a damn good reason for uh, some kind of uh, uh, reason to stay here, which they're not, just because they have a better life here. Um, and but something the Presidente of Mexico said. Now he's a cor- absolutely corrupt man, and you know he's getting money from the cartels out there. So, yeah, but he does have a point there. We are the prime consumers of drugs in the world, the United States uh you don't really have the drug problems as much in, in Europe or even in Canada so uh, and and by the way, that's point. what I and
3: norm that's why I said, yes, we are consuming it, and that's obviously a problem, obviously, it's different with fentanyl because. Kids are getting different drugs that they're not anticipating uh, are laced with fentanyl. Fentanyl is deadly. It's not like people are saying, hey, I can't wait to try fentanyl. Uh, they're putting it in other medications and also morphing it, you know, making it with different colored pills. And so and they're really killing people when they're taking the fentanyl. I, I don't like to say it's somebody ODing. It's somebody who was literally murdered because it was laced with fentanyl. So uh, for them to make it sound like, oh, they have no problem, no culpability, um, is outrageous. Yeah, we have a drug problem in general in America, and obviously uh, that needs to stop as much as we can control people and help people to stop it. Uh, but they also are funneling so much across the border. I mean, some of the numbers are astounding. I mean, there was one the other day. This, by the way, just at the Nogales uh, port. This is the Arizona port, one of the big port of entries. Twenty-three million pills of fentanyl. Twenty-three million pills. I mean, that is a stunning amount that is since uh, rather this is since October the 1st. So that's a huge amount, Uh, by the way, over the weekend. This is the one that was in two days, 550,000 fentanyl pills just at that one port of entry in two days. That's a stunning amount. And again, uh, over 23 million fentanyl pills. That is an enormous amount of deadly, toxic fentanyl. Um, but I hear what you're saying there, Norm. Thank you so, so much. Uh, let's go to Teddy, line four. Ted, go ahead. Your thoughts.
6: Yeah, uh, the Mexican president. This time I agree with you again, two nights in a row. Oh, the look, mes-
3: wow, I've hit the lottery. Go ahead, Ted.
6: Yeah, the Mexican president is out of order. He's got a lot of chutzpah. But I'd like to make another point, please. Please. Uh, Rita, I agree with you on Greg. He's out of order. He doesn't have enough to get get a conviction on this indictment if he's indicted. I don't. I don't think the he's got to get a unanimous jury, and they're not going to be able to find a unanimous jury. I but agree.
3: I, I agree. And Ted, by the way, um, because it's the former president. I mean, I think everybody should be treated equally, but you got to be so careful um, when you're dealing with somebody of that level, that stature. And I would say that again: Republican, Democrat. Everybody deserves equal justice. Ted, thank you. Glad that we're agreeing two nights in a row. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Ted. You're great. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Let's go to Robert in Philly, line three. Go ahead, Robert.
10: Hey, how you doing, Rita? It's good to talk to you again. Um, I, I'm, you were t- kind of talking about this last night, and a couple of people had mentioned military action and, you know, stuff like that. And um, I'm certainly not full boots on the ground, but this president saying that it's our problem I'm going to take that as him saying it's your problem to deal with, and I would deal with that by sending some missiles to take out the cartels. Um, until they move to the cities, we can take them out with no problem. All you got to do is try to ask the former leaders of Al-Qaeda, okay? They can't hide from us, and we could do it with no
3: problem. And- but And by the way, Robert, you're hitting an interesting point, and that's what a lot of people are talking about. Uh, some are talking about uh, some of these drones too. You could send it. I don't. I'm not a big believer in boots on the ground, like you were saying. Um, I agree with you that there are ways to go after them. Uh, but listen to the response when the Mexican president, like, "That's eh, not our problem." I mean, that just shows he's doing nothing, and maybe we do need to take action.
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
3: And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment here on the Rita Cosby Show, which I love doing every night where we honor our great military and their families. A really beautiful story coming from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I've been there. It's a pretty place. Colonel Jeffrey Gaylord of the U.S. Army Junior Reserves Officers Training Corps. And he's also an instructor of the department chairman at Blackman High School there in Murfreesboro is being honored for his dedication to country and community by the veterans of foreign wars. And they have what is called the Still Serving Campaign, which is a great name. The Still Serving Campaign recognizes veterans who continue to serve after leaving the military. Gaylord, a little background on him, was recruited from the University of Virginia into the U.S. Army as a field artillery officer and during Desert Storm and Desert Shield, he served as a battalion intelligence commander. Uh, so, wow, he was right there in the thick of it all. And then in serving his country, he also received many honors and distinctions, including the prestigious Legion of Merit and also a Bronze Star. Now, in addition to all of that, he also now is leading the Blaze Battalion cadets in junior ROTC competitions throughout the district and the nation, where their teams have won numerous awards in marksmanship, uh, also Raiders, and also drill teams. So bravo to him for everything he did in the military and obviously inspiring so many young people today. And a beautiful story there from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I love that place. Um, Very, very pretty place. And we always love honoring our great military and their families and we are talking about the border and the chaos that's going on especially after the horrible story of those citizens that went down there the woman who went down there at the border basically crossed into Matamoros right over Brownsville and of course two of her friends were killed and one was seriously injured she was able to at least get rescued ultimately from that shack uh, where they found Uh, the bodies of the other two and the other one injured and now by the way today uh, we're getting word that the mexican government first they like tied five of the guys up that were tied supposedly i they were i think they were clearly fall guys but supposedly responsible for the attack on the americans they tied them up to like a pickup truck and put a note saying these are basically the guys responsible. Uh, You know, we don't work. We cartels don't go after innocent people. Yeah, right. Right. And then today I just saw in the last few hours that apparently they've arrested five more people. So now they've rounded up 10 people who probably had nothing to do with it. They're probably like, uh, uh here you go. We're tying you up. And you're going to be the fall guys for this one because they know how bad it looks. And yet still, despite all of those like fake arrests, if you will, turning them over and basically saying, have at it. Uh, Now the Mexican president is basically thumbing his nose completely at America, saying it's your problem with fentanyl. It's your problem with drugs. It is not our problem. And that just shows what a, I just think what a sad situation we're in, because you have a very weak Mexican president who refuses to clearly do anything. And then we've got a very weak American president on the other side. And that is a formula for disaster for our national security. It is crazy. Uh, Let's go to Phil real quick in the Bronx. Go ahead, Phil, your thoughts.
11: Yeah, Rita, I got a question. Um, The people that were down there, the four Americans, were African-Americans, I believe. And uh, what I don't understand is the, the sad loss of two of those individuals, uh, and the the subsequent harm done to the others. Where's the where is the these these woke people? Where are they complaining about that? God forbid you wrongly arrest an African American in New York City. Oh my god, there's like fifty fifty protesters that, that jam and throw rocks at the jailhouse. What what I, I don't understand is where is the moral outrage among Black Lives Matter people and the rest, all these so called groups. That, that that advocate the rights of African-Americans, what are they doing about this? These four people were African-American, and they were meant to suffer horrific tragedy as a result of what the Mexican government allowed to let happen.
3: And, Phil, I hear you. You know, by the way, I think obviously everybody should be concerned, no matter what race, color, or creed. You know, I think it's so outrageous. And also, by the way, just to add something to what you're saying there, where's the president? The president hasn't said anything. Are you kidding me? If The president of the United States should be coming out and saying, Mexico, how dare you? You better clamp down on your cartels or else uh, don't you dare. How dare you touch the hair of an American down there? I mean, that is outrageous. What happened to them is abominable. And the fact that the Mexican president basically says, ah, eh, it's not our problem. And we have heard crickets from our president. That, to me, is a sad, sad display. Uh, let's go to Don, line five. Don, your thoughts.
10: Uh, my thoughts are that Trump, that uh, Biden is breaking the law because of letting all those people from Mexico in and also on Trump and Stormy Daniels, that Stormy Daniels has to prove the proof of the burden of proof goes on her. And one more thing. Uh, Joe Biden is not a good Catholic. I can't believe Pope Francis said he was a good Catholic. I'll never believe it. He has blood on his hands with all the abortions, and he's he's just nonsensical and stupid.
3: Well, you summed it all up there, Don, brilliantly. Thank you very much. Let's go to Mike in Myrtle Beach. Um, of course, uh, those people who were killed were from South Carolina, down there in Mexico. Go ahead, Mike.
5: Hey, Rita. I was just telling uh, Avery, um, you know, I was just listening to your show now. I was going to talk about uh, Mayor Adams. Isn't that nice? Re-education to the Immigrantes, And uh, you mentioned before earlier, and hey, Biden, you know what? You and your son, what's he playing, hide and seek? Yeah, but they have enough to indict you. I'm surprised he's still in the office to be impeached. Shakedown artists bordering countries around Russia years ago. Uh, drug cartels. What, what a scam artist in a sleaze bag. And
6: all the far left uh, you know, uh socialists
7: uh in
6: our country.
3: Well and, and you know uh, you know the disparity too, as we're talking about the hunter, you think about all the money that's coming, it certainly needs to be looked into, uh for sure. And the fact that, you know, it's been like kind of lollygagging around on that and then yet uh, we're looking at at by far a much, much smaller amount. And even by liberal, like legal analysts that like can't wait to jump on Trump in terms of anything he does wrong or anything that's even questionable. um They are like going full throttle in this one saying it's a stretch that they even don't really see. It's a case. So, you know, it's bad if even experts on MSNBC are saying this looks political or it looks like a thin case. Uh, So for all those reasons, uh, you know, boy, is there a lot to talk about, Mike. Thank you very, very much. And everybody, I wanted to also touch on this tonight, too, because this week, this was gut-wrenching. This testimony this week, particularly when right before a House committee, Sergeant Tyler Vargas, he was one of the guys who was protecting the Abbey Gate. And we've talked about sort of the lack of leadership from President Biden And there is no doubt to me when I think about one of the worst things that I think this president has done is the pullout of Afghanistan, the dismal pullout of Afghanistan. It was a disaster. The fact that they pulled out so quickly, they didn't leave any troops behind. uh, They didn't leave Bagram in U.S. hands. And we know that the president was told you should leave some troops behind and he didn't. He didn't leave any. And, in fact, he pulled out the troops first. Remember the images of all the people chasing after the plane, begging for freedom as they knew they were going to be left behind? And now, in fact, today we found out there's about a 100,000 of our allies. These are people that help the Americans that are there in Taliban-controlled Afghanistan as a result of our dismal withdrawal that we left everybody high and dry. And this president said he was not going to do it. And this week we heard from uh, Sergeant Tyler Vargas, and he testified, this was stunning, first of all, that he was told not to take out the suicide bomber, that he saw the suicide bomber and saw uh, some very suspicious activity, and he was told not to take him out. Uh, Whoever the military person told him in his chain of command, don't do it, don't take him out, we need to find out, there needs to be some accountability, what the heck is going on. Listen to this testimony.
0: He was spotted somewhere from noon to 1 p.m. by myself, then Sergeant Charles Schilling, and another. The anomaly in the crowd, who was clean-shaven and fit the description exactly, traveling with an older gentleman. The individual was consistently and nervously looking up at our position through the crowd. The older of the two wore a black silky hijab that was covering his face most of the time. They both had obvious mannerisms that go along with who we believed him to be. They handed out small cards to the crowd periodically, and the older man sat calmly and seemingly coached the bomber. Over the communication network, we passed that there was a potential threat and an ID attack imminent. This was as serious as it could get. I requested engagement authority while my team leader was ready on the M110 semi-automatic sniper system. The response, leadership did not have the engagement authority for us, do not engage. I requested for the battalion commander, Lieutenant Colonel Brad Whited, to come to the tower to see what we did. While we waited for him, psychological operations individuals came to our tower immediately and confirmed the suspect met the suicide bomber description. He eventually arrived, and we showed him our evidence, the photos we had of the two men. We reassured him of the ease of fire on the suicide bomber. Pointedly, we asked him for engagement authority and permission. We asked him if we could shoot. Our battalion commander said, and I quote, I don't know, end quote. Myself and my team leader asked very harshly, well, who does? Because this is your responsibility, sir. He again replied, he did not know, but would find out. We received no update and never got our answer.
3: Wow. What a bunch of disorganization. And I'm not surprised because that was the most embarrassing withdrawal. And that's why so many people feel world leaders around the world have lost respect for our president. Don't feel that he is a strong leader. I mean, that's why I think Mexico feels like thumbing its nose. Can you imagine the Mexican president saying this to President Trump? He'd be like, OK, an F-16 is coming in five minutes. You know, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, there it would never happen. And you see what's happened with Russia invading Ukraine. You see so many of these problems, and so many people believe it dates back to what was a really embarrassing withdrawal of Afghanistan that was so haphazard, so disorganized. Here is also a little bit more from Sergeant Tyler Vargas describing when the bomb went off.
0: About 1730, Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover, friend and mentor. came to get me from the tower to go help find an Afghan interpreter in the crowd. We found the interpreter and his brother, born with American passports. They told us, five, told us of five family members still in the canal. I stayed there waiting for the family members standing against a two-foot canal wall. Ten minutes passed. <clears throat> then a flash <clears throat> and a massive wave of pressure. I'm thrown 12 feet onto the ground, but instantly knew what had happened. I opened my eyes to Marines dead or unconscious lying around me. A crowd of hundreds immediately vanished in front of me, and my body was catastrophically wounded with 100 to 150 ball bearings now in it. Almost immediately, we started taking fire from the neighborhood, and I saw how injured I was with my right arm completely shredded and unusable. I saw my lower abdomen soaked in blood.
3: Wow. It is so emotional to hear him talk about that to talk about what he experienced and then after that unbelievably gut-wrenching testimony he asked the question that all of us are will someone be held accountable for the disastrous withdrawal that caused the life of 13 service members including many of Sar- sergeant Tyler Vargas's friends and also Think about all the Americans. There are still Americans that are behind enemy lines there with the Taliban. You can imagine how terrible that is. And also more than 100,000 of our allies who risk their lives and their families' lives. And you can imagine what happens if the Taliban gets them. They have a list so they know who they are. Uh, Here's a little bit more of what he had to say.
0: Please ask uh, – I ask you to please ask me about getting shot at the tower in Abbey Gate and how no one wanted my report post-blast. Even NCIS and the FBI failed to interview me, asked me to elaborate on my ordeal post-blast, and asked me about this one little girl and her family that I reunited. Our military members and veterans deserve our best because that is what we give to America. The withdrawal withdrawal was a catastrophe, in my opinion, and there was an inexcusable lack of accountability and negligence. The 11 Marines, one sailor, And one soldier that were murdered that day have not been answered for.
3: So should someone be held accountable for what was the most dismal and disastrous and I think embarrassing withdrawal of American troops? Many people believe it was one of the worst stains on American history, one of the worst moves ever by an American president, despite being told by his military, keep some troops there Our president said, nope, we're pulling them out. And he said he wouldn't leave anybody behind. Well, he did. He left a lot of them and they are still there. And that to me is so shameful. And the fact that no one's been held accountable is outrageous. Here's Dagan McDowell on Fox News talking about what she says is a litany of lies from President Biden.
2: They saw Biden's incompetence on full display, but also how blithely he would lie. HE WAS ASKED BY GEORGE Stephanopoulos, YOUR TOP MILITARY ADVISORS WARNED AGAINST WITHDRAWING ON THIS TIMELINE. THEY WANTED YOU TO KEEP 2500 TROOPS. NO, THEY DIDN'T, HE SAID. (laughs) LIE. HE SAID, BIDEN, U.S. TROOPS WILL STAY UNTIL ALL AMERICANS ARE OUT OF AFGHANISTAN. LIE. AL QAEDA has GONE FROM AFGHANISTAN. LIE. ALLIES ARE WITH US. LIE. IF YOU'RE AN AMERICAN YOU CAN GET TO THE AIRPORT lie. If we lie and it went on and on and it just seemed as if Biden thought if he stood up there and lied enough that this horrific failure and the death of these 13 men and women who were so admirably serving our country would look somehow peachier through the blurred lens of history.
3: Wow, what a powerful statement. So why do you think it is that no one has been held accountable? And don't you think that those who call the wrong shots should be called to question the fact that the Taliban now has $7.2 billion of our equipment? And the fact that now they're basically one of the largest arms dealers in the world. And guess who they're selling it to? Places like China, probably Iran, maybe Russia. Maybe our weapons are being used now in Ukraine. Who knows? I mean, this is just horrible, horrible stuff. The fact that they are now abandoned, high and dry also, allies who helped us. What are your thoughts and who should be held accountable for what was the most embarrassing, I think, political moment in modern times in American history? And many people feel that way. And many people feel it's the start of, sadly, the decline of America, standing by our allies, and also walking out with grace. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, and I'll take your calls when we come back.
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
3: are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. We were just playing that gut-wrenching testimony from Sergeant Tyler Vargas, who had many of his comrades killed at that abrupt and poorly planned withdrawal from Afghanistan. And we all know what happened when that suicide bomber showed up at the Abbey Gate and took the lives of 13 U.S. service members. And he's wondering... After overcoming so many injuries, will somebody be held accountable? He was saying over and over again, you just heard his unbelievably tearful, emotional testimony. Everybody is talking about it this week. It was really hard to watch. Uh, Here, seeing this hero who has done so much for our country and still so distraught that the lives of his comrades so far, no one has been really investigated for what happened, why was it done so poorly, what advice was given. And we know from the president, he says uh, that he wasn't told um, that it was a good idea to leave the troops there. He said, nobody told me that. But then General McKenzie, who was the guy on the ground there, uh, said, yeah, he testified that he recommended leaving troops there. So clearly what the president is saying is not accurate. And that is, I think, hurt U.S. Posture around the world ever since then. You see it. China feels emboldened. Mexico feels that they can say, ah, what Uh, fentanyl production. Uh, So much of it and so many world leaders just feel, I think, that they can walk all over America or walk or run in through our southern border. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Ina. Line one. Ina, your thoughts. This, This testimony you know, it, get, it gets me so emotional to hear this guy who did so much for our country and suffered so much, and he still feels like there's no answers to to why it went so horribly wrong. Hello, um, um, oh
4: God,
5: um, it's Rita. Rita. Ina, go you're, ahead. you this is Ina. You're God bless, Rita, and thank you for doing what you're doing. I've been watching you all the time when you was over in the overseas it, it, in dressing the army fatigue and and talking with these soldiers
3: thank you i've done and a um, lot of coverage over there thank I, you Ina. thank everyone, you
5: everyone reader i've been watching you from a long long time and you're doing a good job and thank you for for this because i want to do something for, for the veteran i always be doing it i usually go with me, my father in the hospital in in Queens, on my week weekends off, and take care of them. My father cut their hair, take food for them.
3: Buy oh, one how clothes beautiful! For them. Oh, yes. how, Ina, yeah, Ina, you and your family are such great, unbelievably fabulous Americans. How beautiful! And and that's why I feel like we deserve, you know, to to honor um, all of our veterans, and especially those that were there. In Afghanistan, we need to get to the bottom of it. It shouldn't just be brushed aside like, oh, a poor decision. Uh, what's your veteran, uh, message to people about veterans? Real quick, you know, we just have a few seconds. Yes. So, uh, um, um, support um, them, obviously. Well, you know what? You know what? Actually, let me tell you, you know, here's my message do what you do, what you and your dad do, do whatever you can to help them and make them feel loved and appreciated. And also, especially on this case, I hope we get to the bottom of it. Everybody
2: have a beautiful weekend. Ina, you put a big smile on my face. Have a great night, everybody.